0: You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast.
2: All right. Welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. I'm DJ Impact. I got Simon Street here, and I have Matt Michaels. we have uh, our good old Sin City is out there working for the man, so uh, he'll be back with us next week. We appreciate all of you who are joining us live for our three count. We have three good topics for you today, and we're going to jump right into it. It's time. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents...
1: One, two,
2: three. Count Talk.
1: Talk, baby.
2: Our first count comes from ringsidenews.com. Eric Bischoff criticizes pro wrestling approach to storylines for not changing. So let's just read a little bit about what is actually saying. The writer starts off by saying, as a whole, the element of storylines in pro wrestling in general has largely remained unchanged, and that is an issue for many fans. And, oh, actually, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me start off from here. Uh, I moved a little bit too fast. Okay, so many fans would agree that WWE's product has fallen a lot when it comes to quality. The current product has a lot of flaws, including 50-50 booking, feuds that don't go anywhere, teams splitting up for no reason, and storylines not making sense. The disinterest of fans is reflected in the dwindling ratings of Monday Night Raw over the past few years then it says as a whole the element of storylines in pro wrestling in general has largely remained unchanged and that is an issue for many of the fans and then while speaking um, to WWE Hall of Framer Eric Bischoff talk about the current storylines in pro wrestling world Bischoff said that pro wrestling needs a new formula and this is kind of what he said someone is going to have to develop a formula it's not set in stone it's not math it's art Look at stand-up comics. All of the best. Jerry Seinfeld has a formula for developing his comedy. It's a very precise formula. Somebody is going to have to develop a formula like is used in every other form of entertainment, whether it's music, whether it's movies, televisions, novels. There's been a formula for great stories for a long time. And, And quote, the writer goes back into saying now, you know, what makes a difference between consistently good programming or not is the experience those people having coming up with ideas, throwing them at the wall and seeing what sticks and executing them. There's a lot of very talented people at that method of story approach. And that's the same way that wrestling was produced and approached create- creatively since the beginning of wrestling time.
0: That's, uh, that's not the, the, by the way, that's not the author. That's still Bischoff. The quote. Yeah, it's still part of a quote and bischoff continues then after that interesting
2: okay yeah. i didn't okay because when i look at the article they closed the he the quotation after a long time and then it starts back with now with no quotation so that's what threw me but, off okay all right you're right though. Quotation
0: at the end yeah yeah
2: thank you so that was another quote from there so um And then the very last thing we'll say, because he did continue, the last thing he did say is that the business has changed. Television has changed the business. Television will change the business, and it has in some respects. But the uh, storytelling aspect and the way wrestling is approached is lagging way the fuck behind the production value, the athleticism, the size, the scope, the popularity. The only thing that hasn't really grown and kept up with all other great things is the approach to storytelling. And it's been done the same way now. And it was in the 60s and 70s. So, guys, let me just ask you, um, first off, which was the writer, he 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 starts off by talking about WWE's 50-50 booking and and fuse that go nowhere, team splitting up, and storylines does not make any sense. And he's coming at this from WWE Raw. Uh, I wanted to kind of open this up to you could kind of see this happening from all different wrestling uh organizations not necessarily uh you know just raw uh <clears throat> this issue um that is talked about uh it, it's really it's it's tough for me because and when when you have someone let's say start off from the from w w e and guys i'll let you i won't even call your name just jump in there when you see fit on this step it's just us three um wwe's been doing this for i guess as as wwe as under that name umbrella i guess what is it maybe 45 years so am i kind of right matt michaels around there under the world wrestling entertainment umbrella Uh,
0: since vince took over the company from that yes so so just under 40 years okay
2: so man that's a lot of storytelling right and you're going to sometimes listen when it first started. I'm sure all the storylines they were fresh, they were new. When it when it when it first happened in the in the 80s or in the 90s, it was just amazing because it's not something you've seen or heard before in professional wrestling. But now that we're in 2020, you're going to have some storylines that you're going to say I've seen before. I mean, hell, AEW last week did the whole bubbly gimmick that we've seen how many times before in wwe
0: and the week before they did war games
2: right (laughs) (laughs) exactly so i'm trying to figure out is it i mean storylines yes there are going to be some that are just maybe not good it is important but is is that really the issue? Like I said, he's bringing, he's focusing this on Raw, but can you see this being a, a general concern from any wrestling organization? Either one of you. Uh, Yes, yeah. I do.
3: Um, yeah, he's not 100% wrong. Um, there's a lot more to can kind of consider. You know, what is the age demographic that you're trying to shoot for? And I think that it's all safe to say that we can say. That um, you know, almost every promotion's trying, or at least WWE's gone out, saying they're trying to uh, canter towards a younger demographic, you know, audience. And with that, I will say, as I've stated before, they're going to have to change something up because the attention span of the younger audience is a lot different than, you know, your traditional, you know, uh, was it what was the, the, the demographic 30, 30 to 60 year old males? uh I, I could be wrong matt michaels you're usually the one that kind of corrects me on those ones but what is the uh the most of us that watch this in our age category our attention span ain't like that but if you're looking at trying to garner attention for a product of you know younger younger audience of 18 to 20 25 or something like that it, it, the format would need to change uh or be augmented or tweaked in some kind of way because
0: but, what, but you're you're talking about format He's talking about storylines.
3: Well, and that's why I'm going to say even with the format and how things are, telling the storytelling, in my opinion, would need to change a little bit. Do you see what I'm saying? Because I feel like sometimes the storyline, like what I would see for my age group, I would say that, yes, the storylines could be a little bit neatly packaged. It could be a little bit consistent. Uh, WWE has tried in the past to do that. And I know art uh, in this article... Um, It was talked about, you know, how the fans feel like, you know, tag teams just automatically dissolve, storylines are just cut off and, you know, dropped off with no explanation as to why. And I have kind of seen, you know, the WWE try to, you know, finish off things appropriately so that way it's done, whether it was fire or it wasn't. But as far as getting back to what you were saying, impact with other promotions, I do think that to a certain extent, yes, there is some things that probably could be looked at and changed, but do we need to talk about the whole entire way, like particularly WWE does their shows? No. I just think that there's probably maybe a certain percentage that needs to be looked at and changed because WWE survived the pandemic.
2: Yeah. um, But Matt, so the writer did say, but as a whole, the elements of storylines and pro wrestling in general has largely remained unchanged, and that's an issue for many fans. Is it?
0: There, there is there's a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of bullshit going on here. Yeah. Um, first off, um, with the writer saying that, um, <clears throat> so the the problem is with pro wrestling is, um even going back to when pro wrestling started on TV. All right. Let's just use that as the jumping off. point. The TV that was done was not national. It was local. Right. So LA had their market. Chicago had their market. New York had, you know, each city had their own market. Mm -hmm. So those storylines then floated around and stories were told from the fifties until the eighties when vince made it national okay right you had 30 years of stories that people had seen locally from people losing their hair in a hair on hair match to leaving town matches to all that stuff was developed because of the regions and having to tell the stories now you're talking national and when you're talking national you're not only talking just vince but AWA WCCW, which had the best production value, mm-hmm. and that's where a lot of the WWF stuff—they got their you know production from that. They got their storytelling from AWA, and uh, they got you know their wrestling from the NWA mm-hmm. to con- kind of conglomerate everything. But you had all those companies still running, right? So now you have four different companies that you can see nationally and now you're going to see the same storylines already you know from one place to another then you get into you know the the fact that now you have all these different companies including streaming so you can have the the smallest company streaming on the internet Anywhere you turn, you can see storylines. They're all going to look the same, because the truth is, and you see it in entertainment all the time. You see it in movies. You see it in TV. You see it in music. The truth of the matter is, is that stories are always going to be told that are comparable to each other. It's just the little difference of how you tell the story. Right. Whether it be your actors are different. Your you know, even your writing is different. So, you, you're you not looking to reinvent the wheel, okay? Because we're just talking about rest. Stories go back to the beginning of man. <laughs> so, every story has been told that can be told because everything is based around experience, morals. Uh, you know, it's funny, everyone's bitching about the mystic stuff and the magical stuff well there's a guy who apparently died and three days later he came back (laughs) you want to talk about mystical shit that you know we believe as a truth but but hell if you know if alexa has a a fucking doll that makes Shayna's knee lock up oh god it's fucking the end which by the way is an example of a story that has not been told in wrestling voodoo doll has not happened, and people are shitting all over this, and at the same time saying, well, they need to invent new shit. Okay. Bischoff. He literally says, um, the only thing that hasn't really grown up and kept up with all those other great things is the approach to storytelling. It's been done the same way now that it was done in the 60s and 70s. Well, Do you remember who ran a wrestling company in the 90s? Eric Bischoff. (laughs) Who could have changed storytelling. Mm -hmm. And he apparently did. Because of the NWO stuff, right? But Bischoff apparently says that, according to him, that shit's been going on since the 50s. We're just ripping off the same shit in the 60s and 70s. So here's a guy who's saying that, uh, hey, it needs a change. Who is in a position to make a change. As recently as 2019, <laughs> he worked for the WWE on the fucking creative at the head of a show. And what do you do? Nothing that changed the game. Mm-hmm. So as far as, you know, again, here's here's the. The brilliance of that man he just keeps saying stuff so his name gets in the fucking dirt sheets and people talk about Eric Bischoff that's it simple
3: witness the same guy that said that he didn't want to get back in the wrestling business ever again I could have swore we had an article that popped up or something we had a conversation where it was asked would you ever get back into the wrestling business he said no I have no desire to get back into it but he sure as hell is a uh, not keeping his word
2: he seems to be tiptoeing around well you know again my my thing is is you know if there if there's if there is one thing that the the writer might be correct on is when you want to talk about the ratings of Monday Night Raw they have fallen over the past years but I think to throw a lot of that onto storylines uh when you know what we see, maybe in, in NXT, or maybe even what you see on SmackDowns, are even some of the same sto- uh, are, are some same stories that you've seen also in the past, and they're not necessarily suffering the same way. It just, I think, over time, there is just something else bigger that with Raw that is mainly happening, and just the storyline for it to just yeah. be to there, just there, yeah,
0: it, it's you 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 hit it, and that is it's three hours.
2: With that, yeah, every
0: fucking week, <laughs> right? You know, that's the see. This is the other thing that I think that if you want to talk about what is, you're trying to tell stories where you have literally, if you want to take the whole company, just WWE, yeah, that company alone has over something like 250 to 350 wrestlers. Yep. that's 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 a lot of people to fucking write for, right? And That's not in, you know. Then you throw in NXT UK as well. Look at that. That's a huge amount of programming you have every week. Yeah. Now you got to come up with storylines for all these, and then what? What happens is, so storylines happen, and you see people who you, as a viewer, thinks should get a push, quote unquote, and now. It's not about the storyline. It's just about well, you're doing things wrong with him. So right. What would you do? Yeah. The the fact of the matter is, is that if you look at a movie or a television series, you're not sitting there going, Well, I wouldn't do that with that character. They they don't they don't put enough emphasis on this guy. Well, that guy is the janitor of the fucking school of this show. Do you want episodes that are fully about that guy? No. He's not the draw. And that's what fans miss because everyone thinks that they know how to book. Everyone thinks they know how to make stories. Everyone thinks they can do it better than the product. But no one is working for these companies who are in the position that these actual people are.
2: Right. very
0: true. So, and, and Bischoff, again, I, I, he's, not, he's not dancing around with anything or getting into the wrestling game. All he's doing is doing his podcast and doing interviews where he says stuff like this. Why? Because if you say stuff like this, the dirt sheets will pick this shit up because his name is Eric Bischoff. Right. If If DJ Impact was sitting here saying this stuff, no one would be blinking an eye going, oh, my God, he's right. Because people would be going, oh, my God, who's that?
2: Hey, hey, easy. <laughs>
3: hey, man, you lost to a tree. Let's start there. okay? Yeah,
0: you want to talk about storylines.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I'm on a tree in the ring next week. You never know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Uncle Bruce. Yeah, and there's gonna be
3: a campfire afterwards, right? Uncle Bruce, your if
0: you're listening. <laughs> please, please, please have someone wrestle a tree within the next three weeks and so know you're listening. <laughs>
3: right. Either that or uh, you know, have the great colleague come back who apparently does never been this late, so it's like a walking tree, having won <laughs> a title. I don't know, the 24 twenty four seven title. And there you go, there's your tree.
2: All right you guys, we'll move over to our second count. This is from Last Word on sports.com and it's titled Lessons the WWE can learn from the pandemic era. Now again, they're focusing the author on WWE, but I say let's look at this generally from all the wrestling organizations. Um, I'm just going to kind of instead of just reading the whole thing, um we'll just kind of pick apart but he's he's got three or four that he he points to specifically the first one is wwe superstars need to have holidays now again like i say you know sure this is for wwe but are you not thinking AEW or impact or any of those sure they don't have the this this the schedule like wwe but you know if you're a worker hell i work my job and guess what i need a holiday so, you know, this is why I'm saying this in general. But this he says, WWE superstars need a holiday. The next one is, a return to the road, though good, may be problematic. The next one, the company needs to stop taking its fans for granted. And then, um, or I think that was it.
0: And then the fans need to stop yeah. taking the company. Yeah, oh, the there company it is.
2: There it the, is. Last one. the fans need to stop taking WWE for granted. Correct. So let's get right into it. Uh, again, these are lessons that WWE can learn from the pandemic era. What do you guys think from the four here that was named? Um, again, I mean, if you want to specifically name it for WWE, you can. I think this can be for all. But do you think these are lessons During the uh, pandemic, that could be uh, that is learned from all the uh, organizations that's out there.
3: Well, especially the last one. uh, Whenever I read through the article, um, us kind of taking, you know, not just WWE but WWE live WWE events for granted. I I think a lot of us kind of be honest and say that you know, yes, watching it on TV is is amazing. It's great. It's fun. You know, for most. For, for most people will say that but going to a live event does give you an aspect of this business not even from uh, not not just from the standpoint of when you attend a live event and what that feels like the energy and being around the crowd and the chance and just the atmosphere but also too when you're watching it on tv um i'm not gonna lie when the pandemic first happened it was doing nobody in the crowd i was like shit this looks like a damn audition You know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
3: And uh, it it took a while for us to get used to it and everything. But, I mean, when you kind of really realize that that's the one that really struck a chord with me is is it made me realize just wrestling or going to live events in general. Like, I'm itching. I'm excited to go to uh, my first WWE live event, which probably may, may be SummerSlam. I'm not sure. But I'm excited because it's been probably since SummerSlam. Of what 2019 when we went impact was probably our last live event, right? Uh, August 2019. Yeah, correct. Yeah.
0: Uh no, no, no. Yeah. We went to uh SmackDown. Well, we went to SmackDown in I think it was uh the uh near the end of uh twenty nineteen.
2: That's correct. Yeah,
3: yeah. Right.
0: But, yeah that but, was the last one.
3: But even so, how many of y'all are itching? To, to go back to a live event and experience that i mean i'm i'm probably you're not i'm excited you know you know so i don't know yeah, i i really did take you know uh wwe for granted in essence but also too um wwe really kept kept a uh a sense of norm in a uh, devastating time of the pandemic in the beginning parts because we didn't know how how, how it was going to play out You know, uh, not to sound grim on the show, but I didn't know, what if I get COVID? You know what I'm saying? What's going to happen to me? You know, you hear reports of people dying, and you don't know what's going to happen, and you're trying to gravitate and hold on to a sense of normalcy, and at least WWE, as the constant, you know, and AEW a little bit, but mostly WWE, at least kept us, like they said in the article with Vince McMahon's The Show Must Go On, and I appreciate them, because it did help me keep a level of sanity in an uncertain time. So... That's all. All I'll say with regards to
0: that. Well, we know DJ hated WrestleMania. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they should never have done that. It's awful.
3: <laughs> yeah, you, you was doing some kind of that, play. and
0: that is a perfect example of you taking the company for granted. You know, and I think that that's very interesting. That you know, the people who thought along those lines of well they shouldn't even be doing it well then you wouldn't have had anything to to watch in terms of wrestling which is you know would you rather have no wrestling or just no fans there which is i think that that's one thing when i say i don't really care about going back to you know uh an arena full of people is because I'd say that a good 75, 80% of those people are just trying to get themselves over. That's true. And I hate that. I hate that, that, uh, you know, that that's what it's become. It's, you know, um, let's boo this guy just to boo that guy because, you know, I'm going to be different. I'm going to be the the jerk and stand out and that kind of shit. Um, The. The idea of rest is, first and foremost, they need to adapt rest. Every single company. And I think that the, the, the sad part about it, too, is that the guys on the independent circle, they are going to continue to work even more and probably put themselves in worse position because let's face it when WWE starts doing these tour dates they're not going to be doing it as extensively as they were right it, it would you know it just wouldn't make sense for them right away to just jump right into it um i think that the idea that these guys might get injured etc is is in the back of their heads i think that yes they're going to try to make their money but at the same time th- how are you going to make money if you know your top 5 guys go out with injury within the first 3 weeks nope so i think you're going to see that you know caution uh, on it but um really in the end it it really does kind of come down to i really think that fans are excited to go back so that they can complain about how it wasn't as good as it should have been. You know, you don't do that with concerts, by the way, which is very interesting. It's rarely you go to a concert. If the band really is bad, if they really suck, then you'll say, boy, that was awful. But when you go to a concert, 99% of the time, you leave going... Yeah, that was enjoyable. It was great. Because you're not putting your thought into, boy, they should have really, you know, they should have really um, gone with this song about this instead of a song about that when they were writing this song. You know, it ties into what the first topic was. People like to play Booker, they like to play Storymaker, and that's what you're going to be getting. Mm-hmm. Now, at the same time, You know, are fans going to be excited? Yeah, absolutely. But the other question, which is interesting, is. You know, AEW. Is the only comparable company. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Because Impact doesn't tour like either company uh, does. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. ROH doesn't tour like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know they're they're still set up in their situations, which are going to be comfortable for them. But AEW, they didn't have a lot of tumoring before the pandemic hit, and what you were already seeing was the sale numbers were going down. So I always thought one of the reasons that TNA fucked up. Is they decided that they were gonna be the WWE and they decided to start touring across the country, and it didn't fucking work. It sunk the company, and that was one of the biggest problems they had. I could see AEW fucking up like that and yeah. just going, Hey, we're gonna we're gonna take this to this place and that place and this place and that place, and people are just gonna get bored of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
3: Let me ask you this question, Matt Michaels, because you did bring up something that I didn't even think about with regards to um, the need for rest. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, I know WWE officially said they're going to be leaving the Thunderdome. Would it be mindful to have, uh, bear with me when I say this, you know, a portion of time throughout the whole season of WWE where they do do the Thunderdome, particularly leading up to WrestleMania? So that way it can ensure that if anybody You know, uh, needs rest to need rest or um, not so hectic traveling schedule. Do you see something like that? Maybe like them kind of having, you know, not talking about the cost effectiveness of it, but having that to where, okay, you're going to be in the Thunderdome probably three months before WrestleMania or something like that. Or because I do see that, I, I, I do see that that could be something useful if they did it right
0: no the pro- well the problem is is that they so it really comes down this is the other thing that no one knows no one knows what the sales are going to be like it's yeah, a good point if, if they're, that's they're, a very good point if they're doing you know for, first of all i personally i really am not a fan of of them doing house shows nowadays In the, you know, when house shows were relevant was pre internet. um, That was the way you got to see certain things in your town that you couldn't see anywhere else. You know, Um, house shows have taken a huge hit and it's Mm -hmm. much more of a risk. Um, As far as doing something, I don't know if they would do Thunderdome, but what you could do is effectively move into a town for, you know, I like that two weeks prior to a WrestleMania or a SummerSlam, and you know, take over, uh, you know, a, a arena or the spot you're going to have the event or something like that, possibly. But, um, you know, yeah, I think that they should just, they, I, I just don't, I don't see nowadays, and really what it's going to come down to is not even house shows, it's really going to come down to. If they only do Raw and SmackDown for these live shows, I think that's the way you do it. Just do Raw and SmackDown. That makes sense. And then that way, they don't have to stay out on the road for the rest of the fucking week. Yeah. You tape Raw in uh, Nebraska, and after the show's over, you get a good night's sleep, or you hit that red eye, and you just go back to your home. There you go. That
2: makes sense. Do you think that the... um... You're saying to that you're saying take, you the, both, you're saying take both shows on the same day?
0: No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I'm saying don't do house shows. Just
2: oh, I got you. Okay, just do
0: just do Raw and just do SmackDown. Got you. Okay. In the live in the live aspect, Make and, then you're, and then your and then
3: your view Yeah, and in and, and that would I think that that would be better. And also too, I like the suggestion you said that, that before, like WrestleMania, um, move into a town or go back to Tampa, since a lot of people kind of live in that region a little bit. I mean, I don't want to say everybody, but a lot of people uh, live around there. Right. So that way you kind of have that one time where you're just doing these live events. So they're not have to do, you know, flights and travel accommodations before a WrestleMania.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, that, that is an option. Those are the kind of options that I think are easier to think about than, you know, going out and just doing a massive amount of dates the only reason you do a massive amount of dates is really because of stuff like merchandise sale Um, it's really too honestly um this even goes back to the uh the days of territories a lot of ticket business was always walk up so you did a lot more um you know of people just deciding Hey, there's tickets available, and I waited this long. I'm going to grab them the morning of. Same thing. You're at a show, and the merchandise is right in front of your face. You're going to probably more likely buy it then than buying it online. And that's mainly, again, the theory of if you have kids... Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> if the if the merchandise is right in front of them, you know the kids are gonna be like, "I want that, I want that, I want that, so emotional you know.
3: buying at its best,
0: yeah, I mean yeah. that's really that's really what the the prime reason now for doing any kind of house shows is, um but yeah, ross Macdown, if you're gonna be doing them live, give the guys the rest of the fucking week off, just let them go back home, relax, recuperate, and then go on to the next uh, city, you know, the next uh, Sunday or the next uh, Thursday or whatever, you know, maybe it's a day or two days before.
3: Now, interesting enough, uh, Sean in the chat said, I do feel that the house shows are going to sell out like crazy. People are just ready to get out, look at what's going on with sports teams that are opening up. Our local Raiders tickets are insane supply and demand so I mean he kind of does have a little bit of a point because right now people are getting acclimated back to going to public events like I think this weekend in Vegas there was um, uh, some sort of concert that was downtown or something like that and it like so crazy I'll
0: I'll just go straight into the the, so here's my trade off house shows were already struggling and yes you're going to get a bump however you're going to sell out raw and you're going to sell out smackdown if you're not coming back to that city Mm -hmm. and that's what they hadn't been doing is making those sold out so that's the approach i would i would take i would still just focus on those because you're going to sell those out your house shows even though they might sell a nice percentage of the auditorium you're still going to be looking at most likely, you know, if you're running a 16,000 seat arena, you're going to be looking at maybe 10,000, maybe 8,000. And that craze is also going to be essentially, I think, a one through. So if you do a house show in, you know, Toledo, Ohio, in February of, or well, I guess we're, you know, so let's say, say August, all right, August this year, you're gonna do a house show in Toledo, Ohio. Well, the next time that you get around to doing a house show in Toledo, it might not be for another year. So if you do it that way, possibly you're going to sell more tickets. But if you end up doing raw or Smackdown from that same city, five months later, then that again, is gonna be that draw of not wanting to go and put your money towards a house show. Um, the other thing is, if you're gonna do the house shows, I say, fucking, make it the most inexpensive thing that a fan can do. You get them on your fucking merchandise sales,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but don't get them on the gate because the gate, you know, make it affordable for families. If you want to really talk the families into, um going back into you know the arenas and supporting it on a more constant basis then make it where you can go to both a smackdown and raw house show and a pay-per-view potentially or a raw or smackdown potentially in the same year um a lot of families had to decide between going to you know you got two kids one likes you know one likes roman and one likes um who's on raw um, McIntyre. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that one kid out there loves true McIntyre. Uh, yeah. Then, you know, then you had to make a decision, you know, If well, we got to take the whole family to this. So then maybe the next time they come in, you know, we got to take, a, so you, you're spending because the guys are separated on rosters, then you're spending more money um, having to um, invest in, in making your kids happy. So, um there's a lot of different things but the main the main thing here is that um did you guys all catch sean on thoughts count anywhere podcast yesterday <laughs> the only big thing on that show sean
2: But <laughs> <laughs> well, no doubt no doubt um i'm sure sean will respond is a little bit of, of a delay uh he sure will <laughs> but i will say this um one thing I'm sure Vince McMahon is 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 probably going to be sad about is the idea of uh, losing the fan narrative, which he had that control, um, it, you know, controlling the response of the fans. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm actually gonna kind of miss that too. And it's just interesting when you kind of hear them playing the tracks of the Bulls, when, let's say, when Roma come out. You actually, when you look at the screens, you see the fans going, you know, this is how they're doing their boos. You, you'll see a bunch of people on the screens. But sure enough, I'm sure when you hit July in Texas, when they go, there's a good chance that now Roman could be cheered, <laughs> you know. And now you're going to start here. And I'm just right. saying you're going to start hear- seeing the opposite of fans. Kind of going back to what you said mad of fans trying to put themselves over, you're gonna start getting a lot of that and that's the part of wrestling that I hate is when they're when you're when you're trying to be so different that you're just messing up what's the entire flow you know there are certain right. things you should be upset and mean and boo about, and there's some things you should actually cheer so anyway well, you know
3: what I I agree with that, too, because the one thing I hated is before people really ever started booing John Cena. I was booing John Cena because I was tired of seeing him on the goddamn TV all the time. So when I did go to a live event and finally was booing John Cena, I'm like, oh, shit, everybody else is
2: booing him. Damn, I'm not original, you know. So, yeah, you're right. Like, that does kind of suck. I never never booed John Cena for the record. I booed John Cena. I got
3: tired of seeing his ass on TV. I was pretty excited to see John
2: Cena. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, Let's go over to our third and last topic. We're actually going to have a little bit of a video segment of this, but before I jump over there, uh, this is from uh, BarrettSportsMedia.com. I just thought that this was pretty interesting. Um, On Sirius XM, busted open radio host. He was livid the moment that these zombies appeared on his screen during the lumberjack between Damian Priest and the Miz, and he said a whole bunch of things. Now, granted, this video is almost like two minutes, we're not gonna go all into the video. I'll just, um, I'll just, um, you know, play a good minute, we'll kind of get the idea, and then we'll kind of read some of the other things that was also said. But, um, yeah, he was not a happy guy, and, um, you know, we're gonna talk about it, but you guys tell us what. You think, as we're going to get right into this, with this.
1: And I'm not taking their shit anymore. I deserve better than what they put in that ring during that match between Damian Priest, who just came up from NXT, and I think is a future superstar. The Miz, who's a former world champion, deserves more than pretending to get eaten by zombies in a ring. Everybody loves to bring up the Shockmaster. Everybody loves bringing up Robocop. Everybody loves to bring up David Arquette. Well, guess what? WCW is dead. Why? Because of those instances. And 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 55, 60, 65 years from now, people are going to be talking about that that I had to pay to watch at WrestleMania Backlash. Where f***ing zombies are attacking the wrestlers. And Adnan Burke is explaining to me what a zombie is. I don't have to take that. <laughs> so you know what oh I did? God. I
3: It doesn't get old watching that. I ain't gonna lie. I watched it <laughs> like three times. But look, when he was counting, I thought he was talking about his beats per minute on his heart. Because
0: the man was going on. I thought, <laughs> I, thought he, better... I thought he was talking about his age. <laughs> <laughs>
2: man, he was so kind of angry, wasn't he? So, a lot of people just been really upset about this entire um, zombie thing. And, of course, I think you've mentioned Michaels. I don't know if it was, they all begin, our shows begin to come together. I don't know if it was Three Count or a Wrestling Talk. You mentioned how WWE was paid a million dollars for running that promo which uh uh, dave bautista was in so of course uh it would make sense for why wwe would want to do that but is it that serious though i mean what what what? (laughs) let me let me just also go because there was also a part in here i just wanted to i wanted to read that i was like i was like okay um and let's see, let's see if I can find it. I should have had this already open, but it already had moved on me. Um, Man, you should have had it busted open. <laughs> I know, right? Um, yeah, I, I think I've already. Oh, here, let me hit this button here. I think this is what I needed to do. Um, so, there's a part that he goes, "Do you?" I guess someone asked, okay, so do you love pro wrestling? Greca asked, and he goes, Vince McMahon doesn't. Vince McMahon doesn't. No, he fucking hates pro wrestling. He hates it. He hates pro wrestling. He thinks it's disgusting. He hates pro wrestling. <laughs> hates pro wrestling. Matt Michaels, what do you think? Vince McMahon hates pro wrestling? I mean, enough that you're going to make that comment and really stretch the point of hate. I, we do know Vince McMahon don't want you to say the word wrestling. We know that point. But does he hate, 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 hate pro wrestling? It's not like you sneezed. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me.
0: God bless you. Thank you. Um, so I think, you know, it. not it, it spectacular the the fact that We have Eric Bischoff saying, well, the problem with wrestling is storylines. But then we have people like LaGreca going off saying Vince hates pro wrestling. But at the same time, Vince is the guy who makes pro wrestling into sports entertainment. So the one thing that Vince did was incorporate more stories and storytelling because it's entertainment more so than wrestling so it's it's fascinating how there's these different views of well how this has got to change or how that's going to change or how this needs to go or that needs to go Mm -hmm. um to me the most damning part about this whole fucking thing Mm -hmm. is that that idiot had to go and say that i'm not paying to watch zombies Really? Well, then stop paying your five or ten fucking dollars a month because you ain't paying fifty dollars for a pay-per-view that got ruined by fucking zombies. Eat shit.
2: (laughs) Seriously, anyone who
0: fucking complains about the product has to really look in the fucking mirror and go, are you that fucking bitter that five dollars or ten dollars means that much to you? Then don't pay it. Don't watch but yeah. he has to you know why because guess what dave does he talks about it for a living and makes money off of it and guess what we're doing we're talking about dave who makes money talking about this stuff so really he's just fucking getting himself over by doing Basically. this he just played all the fucking smart marks out there who are just like drooling at this going that is fucking great. Even fucking Bubba was laughing at him.
1: Right, he was.
0: <laughs> so
2: yeah, what's your take, Simon Street, on that man? I mean, is it that serious? Is this whole zombie thing that happened on WrestleMania backlash? Was that a was that a, a big deal? And uh, and does Vince McMahon also does he hate pro wrestling? Give you, you a two part what- question there.
3: First of all, Vince McMahon don't hate pro wrestling. That is just some, uh, some fuckery that came out of Dave's mouth. Second of all, uh,
1: how much did they get paid to run that shit?
2: What was that noise?
0: Yeah, what just happened, bro? I don't know. Can you hear me now? Not coming was it from me? my end. <laughs> We can hear you, but you're distorted as fuck,
1: bro. All right, what about now? Am I distorted? Yes. You're horrible. How am I horrible? I didn't do anything.
2: Like your mic went up. Like you press something. You go. Or, oh, there you go.
3: good now? That, that was weird.
2: Okay. All right. So getting back to what I was saying. Okay. So,
3: yeah. So how much did they get paid to run with the zombies?
0: Well, yeah. on top of that, too, think about this. <clears throat> Not a single person was a paying in attendance fan. True. So, like... You know, like what we like to point out, um, y'all people who uh, were at WrestleMania when uh, Nicholas won the Tag Team Championship, mm. you did pay to get in. Yeah. The Zombies, yeah. no one paid to get in.
3: Well, I wasn't meaning too much with that, but I, I believe in the article, or, or Impact may have said it, maybe I misheard, didn't uh, WWE get paid for that spot by Army Yeah, of, Army course. of Docs? It okay. was it ever-
0: They sponsored the whole fucking show.
3: Okay, so what I'm saying within that vein is, okay, you got paid to have some zombies on there. Big big fucking deal, all right? First of all, the movie did great. I believe Rotten Tomatoes gave the movie uh, 73. Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritic gave it a high score. I saw the movie on Friday. It was one of the best zombie movies I've seen in a very fucking long time, you know? So at the end of the day, it's just business. And, Michael, you are exactly correct. There wasn't nobody that had to pay to get in. It was not a live attendance, So there really should be no one bitching and complaining. Uh, yes, uh, Dave LaGreca just wanted to get himself over. And, you know, uh, I found it to be interesting. It's not a big freaking deal. Now, if it had been a title match, I could see maybe a little bit of what he had to say. Maybe, even a smidge. Because, yes. I was one of the salty-ass people at a WrestleMania in New Orleans when – I was going to call him Little Mickey <laughs> – when Nicholas uh, won the tag team champions. But that was only based on the fact that I actually paid for a ticket. Do you see what I'm saying? And I felt dissatisfied. But there was and, and,
0: and on top of that, once again – as an at-home viewer, we didn't pay for that pay-per-view. Yep, the, the fifty bucks or the hundred bucks, whatever they would have charged for it, You we were paying the network price. So, you know, for for any complaint to come about, well, they're doing this or they're doing that, and that is ruining everything for me. Then you know what? Just stop watching.
2: And what? Sean- I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was cool. And definitely, what Sean said. He said each zombie got paid at least five hundred dollars. Thank you, Vince, for providing work to our people in the industry we love.
3: You ain't lying. Exactly. That, that, that $500 paycheck went a long And I way. saw
2: the picture they took all at the end of the show, all the, yeah. all the zombies together. It was pretty cool to cool. kind of see. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean.
0: I mean, It's ridiculous. Here, Here's another thing that, if you want to look through that perspective too, which is a, a very um, reasonable thing to look at, and that is, think of how many... Of those guys get paid 150 or 200 to be a security card that we know is a fucking independent pro wrestler, not really security who is taking the bumps, right Is there outrage or pissed offness from Dave when that which we've seen going back to storytelling many a times mm-hmm. we've seen that for how many times in the last 30 years? yeah. It's jobs. It's what an insane. And again, the insane thing is this guy's doing it because he makes his money off of everyone who puts him into their perspective of, Oh yeah, he's so right. He's so right. And guess what you're going to do. You're going to follow him. You're going to pay for his prescription, you know, the subscriptions, etc., etc. You're paying his salary. And all he's doing is, fucking getting riled up about something just to make you feel like, yeah, he speaks for me, but who does he really speak for? Yeah. Well, it definitely
2: wasn't that, uh, I I didn't, I didn't find it to be that big of a deal as people was making it. So it was, know, it was kind of cool. It, it, My son loved it. It's different. He loved it. You know what? It's different. And now, when you go back to when we when we want to now go back to our other topics, right? When we talked about storylines, you know, you choose to do something different that you don't normally see a lot of, and then people bitch over that, even though it's different. Well,
0: <laughs> you know what? And one thing that I think that was um, here's here's the one thing that I think that might be one of those things that sticks in dave's craw is that wasn't necessarily done as a storyline
2: well that's true that is true that was a, it, a it was done as
0: yeah. a pure advertisement because right. i'll be the first to admit <clears throat> when i turned on the uh i guess probably the pre-shows maybe when the first they kind of made some kind of indication about it that was the first I heard about it. Like I there was no setup on like Smackdown or Raw or whatever fucking whatever's Drag- Raw that this was there were going to be zombies there as nope. the lumber I don't remember.
3: No, I don't remember at all.
0: Yeah. So that came of you know it's it's not it's not a storyline in terms of, you know, extended storytelling but within the the context of, you know, doing a a unique promotion that hadn't been done before. Why the fuck not? You're absolutely right.
1: And try I know, something.
2: And then he throws I know he quotes a saying, The Miz, who's a former world champion, deserves more pre- than pretending to get eaten by zombies. We all know that this is this gimmick was actually perfect for the Miz. There's yeah, he not a lot signed of
1: signed up for this shit. He yeah, was like, I'll do it. There's He's not a lot of people who person. can
2: play this off the way the Miz can. <laughs> you know and
0: well isn't it and isn't it funny too and and, and Morrison did too
2: he was just as good yeah go ahead <laughs> well, yeah,
0: yeah. More, but morrison, morrison
1: actually, served it up he yeah. served it
3: up of how we got the lump the zombie lumberjack because he was gonna go talk to the lumberjacks
0: yeah right mm-hmm. um but but what's really interesting on top of all this is the fact that out of all this the real thing is that the miss is injured now for the first time in his career Mm, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's just ironic that after the zombies attack, <laughs> he sustained his first injury. So I don't know if Vince is going to want those zombies back anytime soon. But, um. but
3: you know, it might be, uh, you know, a bit of a uh, blessing in disguise for him because, um, and I haven't had a chance research this, but uh, the people who did Mortal Kombat actually uh, maybe are entertaining him possibly. Having the role he's shooting for,
0: I, I think that you're the only one who's focused in on that. I think what you yeah, damn right, do, I'm
3: focusing on that. I want you well, to play one of my favorite characters. I think it'd be What you
0: need to right. do is take the social media and get people talking about it, trying to get them uh, hooked up on it, man. You I think can people eat. have already
3: done that, but yes, I will. I will add my my name to that list.
0: Well, take the forefront, brother. You're <laughs>
1: <right> here, man. <laughs> Get, get, um, get cage <laughs> Miss the
2: cage. <laughs> All right, guys. Listen, that was our three count tonight. I uh, hope everyone got a chance to uh, enjoy that. Um, let's go ahead and just uh, sum up our final thoughts uh, for this week. I'll hand it over to you, uh, Simon Street. What you want to tell the good folks out there?
3: Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for uh, tuning into the show. We greatly appreciate each and every one of you that tunes in and supports us. It really means a lot, um, you know, it, from donations to viewership to sharing our live streams. We really couldn't do this without you. We really do appreciate that. Um, also, too, I'll say because since um, Steve is not here, uh, Rep Sports um, please type in. I think the promo code is Vegas Bad Boys,
1: <laughs> no. and it's R E. I think like it's it. Vegas. Rep Sports. Is it Vegas? Vegas? I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
3: Please, please type in Vegas, and it's Rep Sports. Uh, they have lots of uh, great energy drinks and whatnot. And um, but other than that, you guys have a fantastic uh,
0: week
2: in season. All right, man. Uh, Matt Michaels.
0: I just want to make sure that uh, everyone is aware that coming up here on June 18th and 19th, you're going to have the anniversary show for FSW. If you're in Vegas area, get your tickets now because they just moved it up. Um, We'll we'll probably uh, talk a little bit more about it on uh, the Falco Files uh, on Wednesday. Um, But they just moved it into a, a bigger venue. Um, and tickets are going to be gone fairly quick um, overall. Uh, And then on June 26th, um, come out uh, and uh, support um, Big Valley Wrestling. Um, They're uh, doing their Pride show um, with uh, Effie, uh, who we are sponsoring, and uh, Jay Vidal has just been announced for that show, so he'll be on it. Um, and that supports the uh, LGBTQ um, uh, of uh, Southern Nevada um, and everything that they do um, for, uh, you know, people who uh, need help. Um, And, you know, very interestingly enough, I got a little response on social media for a post that we made about that and um it was uh it was called out that um by supporting that cause that we were turning our eye uh against other causes, meaning that it was just as i believe the word actually used was as racist uh or as discriminatory as um you know, supporting uh, a group that just um, looks at uh, how they can help uh, African-Americans in the community or, you know, Hispanics or this or that. They took something that was um, absolutely something that is very important, uh, especially because a lot of the um, help that is given, is given to, um, kids who are essentially 14, 15, 16, 17, and basically are kicked out of their fucking house because of their sexual orientation. Um, I'm not going to say, you know, what organization this was that posted on our social media. Um, but, um, you know what? Fuck you. Um, and fuck you again, because, this is something that you tried making into a political thing and basically said um, anyone who's supporting a group like this because they're not, quote-unquote, all-inclusive, in which they are all-inclusive, and uh, your argument uh, that this isn't all-inclusive because it's just people who happen to be uh, gay or queer or lesbian or whatever. Um, you know what? try living that life, man, try living that life. And guess what? You'll hope that you had people there to help support you and at least give you a little feeling that, you know, you don't have to fear for your life um, just because uh, you have an orientation that, um, you know, is, is not what um, mainstream, Uh, fucking Christians look at as, um, you know, the only way to be. So, um, you know, this is a very important thing. And please, if you are not in Vegas and you can't attend this, um, please look at making a donation. Uh, It doesn't even have to be here in Las Vegas. Anywhere that is close to your community that you can help people out. Um, And because we are all inclusive, it doesn't even have to be that. It can be anything that is something in your neighborhood that you know needs, people need help. So support that. Um, but to think that one thing should include everything was basically a way of saying that you are the discriminatory racists. And um, you know I hope it bites you in the ass.
2: Well said yeah
0: absolutely um,
2: I second that <laughs> um, with that um, let's end the show and um, we will see you um, well we have podcasts podcast all this week the Falco Files again on Wednesday so don't forget to download and listen to that and um, you know there could be something going on in my mind we'll see we'll see it's a good thing if you take a listen to that. It'd be another interview that's going to take place. We don't know who Matt Michaels is going to be interviewing, but it's... Uh, I'm
0: going to have to interview your mind.
2: Yeah. Oh, boy. You got I'd enough time for what, that? <laughs> you, you,
3: you know what? I will tell you what. There's so many interviews on people that Matt Michaels don't hate. The list of people he don't hate is rather large than the people he does
1: hate. Well, we Might just to have to change the
2: title. We just, we just heard someone now that he does hate, so... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, So anyway, um, just continue to listen and and share the word to everyone. All right. We thank you and we appreciate you for listening. Until then, we'll see you next week. Peace. The biggest bad boys of podcasting.